This is Boss Tone Radio, talk for guitar players, presented by BossUS.com. Hi, I'm Paul Hansen. I'm your host, and you're listening to the 18th edition. Today on the line from Tokyo, Japan, we have a really great guitar player. His name is Marty Friedman, and he started off his career on Shrapnel Records making instrumental shred guitar albums. And after 10 years of making records and touring with the supergroup Megadeth, he's back to making his own solo albums. So let's just listen to Marty a bit. This is from Megadeth's album, Rust in Peace. Here's Marty just playing a little lead here. So, Marty, it's, it's Paul. Hey, how you doing? It's actually Wednesday morning for you, right? That's correct. And Tuesday evening for me, I'm on the West Coast. Uh, cool. You live full-time in Tokyo? That's correct, yeah. So you speak Japanese? Yeah. How did you learn to do that? I've been speaking Japanese for quite some time, actually. Coming out here on tour, I'd pick up a little bit here and there, and then I decided to get pretty serious about it. And took one college course. In Japanese, that's about it, and everything else is done completely just by immersing myself. Right. I just started doing so much stuff in Japan, which required me to speak Japanese full-time, and I just kind of learned by doing, really. Let's go back to the 80s and the shrapnel records days for a bit. Okay. First, I remember hearing about you. I think, were you from Hawaii, or were you living in Hawaii? Yeah, I lived in Hawaii for a while, and then uh, put out an album on shrapnel called one Nation Underground in a band called Hawaii. Mike Varney's label, Shrapnel. And that was like maybe the sixth record, I think, that uh, Shrapnel ever put out, fifth or sixth or something like that. So did Mike Varney discover you? Yeah, he, I sent him uh, a demo of uh, mm-hmm. what I was doing in Hawaii, and he really liked it. That's kind of how that started back then. When you got together with Jason Becker and you guys formed Cacophony, was that your guy's idea, or was that Mike's for the twin guitar approach? Actually, I was just about to record a solo album, my own stuff at the time, and Mike says, you know, you got, you got to hear this guy, man, he's really good. Uh-huh. Oh, that's cool, I mean, didn't really think much of it, and he came over to my house, and I was just... Jason? Well, how do you say, he was just such a friendly, cool dude, and just, you know, I thought, this guy has got so much talent, and he's just was like a sponge, you know, anything that I could do, you know, he could pretty much mimic it right away. <laughs> I mean, at that time, he was just, like, loaded with technique, but hadn't uh-huh. really developed his own uh, voice so much, uh-huh. so to speak. But it was perfect for what I wanted to do, which was, I do a lot of layering of guitars and whatever I record, so I rarely did any of my solo stuff live without another guitar player, but 
nobody could ever really play the really intricate stuff until I found Jason. I'm like, this guy can <laughs> do everything. And then uh, once he started to improve and become his own character, he became mm-hmm. a genius uh, completely on his own and just like yeah. overflowing with ideas and uh, beautiful melodies. Wow. And, uh, absolutely amazing. And uh, I'm so glad that uh, at the time I you know, decided to put a band together with him instead mm-hmm. of saying, no, I just want to do my own solo album. Yeah. Hell with another guitar player, you know. <laughs> Have you spoken to him recently? Actually, we uh, email like quite often, mm-hmm. and um, I just played on uh, his most recent album called uh, Jason Becker Collection. And, um, oh yeah, I played uh, one of his songs, solo section, and, uh, along with Steve Vai. We both played half the song, if wow. I remember correctly, and it's a gorgeous song of Jason's. And mm. um, Steve Vai played a brilliant guitar solo, and uh, right. I did a guitar solo as well. And it's, wow. And if folks don't know, Jason Becker has a disease called ALS, and he's surviving, and he's got a new record, which Marty just mentioned. I'd like to go back, though, to the cacophony days and listen to you and Jason shredding. This is from the title cut of the second album called Go Off. Marty, as I recall, I first met you at Musicians Institute in Hollywood, and it was right around 1990, and I think you had just joined Megadeth. Right. And then you stayed in the band for about 10 years? That's correct. That was such a huge gig. How did you get that gig? Actually, uh, a friend of mine was a friend of uh, Megadeth's manager at the time, and he told me that Megadeth's been auditioning guitar players for quite a while and without uh, much luck or anything and maybe you want to give it a shot I'm like sure and went over there and auditioned kind of a boring story I mean it was just yeah. an audition and uh, we got along together and next thing you know boom let's rock wow I remember I, I learned a bunch of songs and the manager kept calling me and telling me to learn other songs uh-huh. and then by the time I did the audition the only songs we did were the first songs I learned so I'm like what's up with that <laughs> <laughs> I learned a bunch of songs yeah. that uh, we didn't even wind up playing but um we got along great. I mean, it was like yeah. our personalities really clicked, and it just seemed like our musical direction and mm-hmm. aggressiveness towards music was very, very similar. So it was mm-hmm. a very natural, kind of an obvious thing. But uh-huh. of course, I was really, really happy to get that gig, especially at the time. I was just one step above homeless, if that, you know, so I was <laughs> happy to get any gig, and uh, especially a gig that I was just so uh, well suited for, I believe, especially at that time. You guys were on top of the world. You, you must have had, you know, first-class tour buses and, and beautiful hotels. and. Um... Yeah, yeah, it was a drastic, drastic change from uh, <laughs> what I had been doing before. Mm-hmm. Musically, it wasn't that drastic of a change. Actually, musically, it was very comfortable and very natural. Maybe more relaxing because you, were, you could play rhythm a little bit? Actually, I wound up playing a lot less rhythm. 
than I thought, you know. Uh-huh. Dave Mustaine is a rhythm master. He is. I think when we really came into our own was on Countdown to Extinction, where, mm-hmm. you know, I don't even remember playing any rhythms on that record. I remember playing a lot of solos <laughs> and a lot of clean guitars and textures. And Well, let's just take a minute here and listen to an excerpt from Countdown to Extinction. This is your solo from Symphony of Destruction. Man, you and Dave Mustaine made a great guitar team. When you're in a band with another guitar player, you try to like find what's different about each mm-hmm. player and bring that out rather than trying to both do the same thing. Yeah. You know, and neither of us play like the same at all, so we kind of like you filled the whole gap of what should be in a band pretty well. So we kind of found our uh, you know, found our niche so to speak. There were other bands making records, but not many of them had a lead guitar player of your caliber. Thank you very much. That must have been an awesome time. When I was a kid, I imagined doing those huge gigs. Was it the way you imagined? Yeah, I mean, it was great. Musically, it was really fun, and tours were awesome. I think what I liked the best about being in Megadeth is I knew that every single night we were going to kick ass. Uh It wasn't like we were going to suck one night, and then the next night we were going to be good. And it was like... Whenever you pull into town, wherever it is, whatever venue it was, you knew that the show was just going to be amazing and the show was just going to blow people's minds and we were just going to have a lot of good times, you know. And I I knew that every night going into the shows, and that was awesome. To be Mm -hmm. honest with you, um, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. I wouldn't trade it, but uh, I'm about a thousand times happier now than than back then. I mean, I was happy then. I'm very proud of all my Megadeth experiences. Um, But I think at the end of the day, I really needed to be more adventurous musically and get deeper into uh, playing, you know, Mm -hmm. get deeper into what my potential is as Mm -hmm. a musician, player, producer, writer, guitarist, solo player, all-around musician. And Megadeth, you know, we had all the great, you know, all the perks and stuff, all the first-class this and and great venues and all that. and, and But I, I found that, you know, that that's just a side thing. I think at the end of the day, the music, yeah. you know, has to really grow. I get bored quickly. I'm always finding new things that I get really excited about, and I can't stay in the same musical thing for more than a week. I mean, I yeah. really am into new stuff, and I hear something new, I get excited about it, and I get kind of influenced by it. Not necessarily new popular things, just things that I hadn't heard before. Right, right now, I mean, the stuff that I'm working on now and the artists that I'm working with right now is just it's absolutely fantastic um, for me as a musician. Well, I have some excerpts here from one of your more recent songs. This is called Fuel Injection Stingray, and it's from your Music for Speeding album. Yeah. This is really cool.
Very cool. Yeah, thanks very much. This concludes the first segment of this 18th edition of Boss Tone Radio. Stay tuned to the second segment. Marty's going to tell us all about his gear, and he's going to talk about what he's doing these days and all kinds of interesting guitar stuff. By the way, sorry about Marty's connection. He's on the other end of the world, and maybe his voice is bouncing off satellites, or maybe his voice is coming through cables underneath the Pacific Ocean. I don't know. But at least we can hear him, so stay tuned for the second segment. <laughs> 